Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh. Down goes Duffy O'Connor. Frank Mir does it again. Rock him, sock him, robots here. Oh my goodness. I can't believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Well, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Sounds like Ken Flo was doing childcare this morning. Perhaps that is uh, a gift to his wife. Is that what we're doing on Valentine's Day? Uh, kind of, sort of. That's kind of my everyday. Uh, anyway, oh, okay. Not every day, That's but, you know, most of the time. When daddy's home. Exactly. When he's not <laughs> filming BattleBots or PFL Challenger Series or anything else or becoming a more lethal weapon. I mean, that is a quick trigger. Anybody on uh, on that Instagram tickle with Ken Flo at K Florian? I am as the president of Team Florian. And uh, you should see how quickly he gets the uh, the concealed weapon unconcealed and uh, in shooting range. I went to Duck Donuts today. Oh, nice. They drop them in the oil right in front of you. And you can be sure that one of my dozen donuts is just a bare one, you know, <laughs> straight out the fryer, hot as a pizza box. I had four donuts today, a little swollen from the Perth flight as well. And a lot of stuff to get to. It's Tuesday, February 14th. If you're not a Valentine Valentine's Day guy or gal, it's February 14th, 2023. Script here says episode 388 of the Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings. Don't forget full episodes of the Anakin Florian podcast in video form on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Clips can be found on the Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel. Audio, nothing changes. And uh, more on that in the weeks to come, of course. A um, lot to get to today on UFC 284. I just have to say off the top, man, gosh, it's amazing when you don't go to Australia for four or five years and you see sort of the the complexion of the sport change, the fan base change. It's a big deal in Perth, Western Australia, man. That was as festive and intense a fight week as I can ever remember being a part. Obviously, you and I called fights in you know Brisbane and the Gold Coast right. days. 2012 but it was a pretty special week it looked like it man the environment seemed amazing uh the crowd that night and everything kind of building up that whole fight week it just seemed huge and uh man did that card deliver ray longo coming up in about 20 minutes i do want to read a part of a letter off the top that i received from the fan that i gave my tickets to because it just sort of speaks to how hard a ticket this was in australia and how much it means to these people to actually be in the building we could have sold sixty thousand tickets in perth i'm pretty confident right i think a lot of the people that come to western australia are not from there but we were in a venue that has about 14,000 tickets. And if you don't know, the tickets were gone in a couple of minutes. So I just want to read this lovely letter from my friend, Caitlin. And uh, she also got me some Vegemite socks, a tremendous care package, by the way, uh, some kangaroo socks. But uh, I don't I don't read this letter for uh, self-serving purposes as much as I do to underscore how much it means to these people to be able to see a UFC live event. And I'll read it quickly, as I often do. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to articulate our feelings about what you have given to us for Dave and I. This is essentially the equivalent of winning the lottery. Firstly, though, it's such an honor to be attached to your act of kindness and hopefully serve as a reminder to others to be more kind to one another. Secondly, it is so incredibly generous of you to, uh, to give us your tickets to an event that is so dear to our hearts, but was damn near impossible to attend. We had bought the flights and accommodation once the date was announced, but then missed out on several days of ticket sales despite every phone and every laptop being set up hours before to get in the queue. So, you know, she just goes on to talk about how much 
how difficult it was for the Aussies to actually get tickets. And then she said to see that you'd like my comment meant the world to me, but you reply and then you're off. my God, I could barely verbalize what had happened to Dave on the phone. I was shaking and, um, you know, an amazing story that we'll be retelling for the rest of our lives. So it's just a really cool thing. But her care package just over the top. You know, my kids think all these gifts are from me. I mean, stuffed <laughs> animals, stuffed animals and journals and pens and socks and jewelry box for Tatum. Tatum, I didn't buy you that jewelry box. It was Caitlin and Dave. So <laughs> thank you guys for the gifts and thanks to all the Dude, Aussies awesome. for the warm welcome. We all felt it. But man, enough about that because we have got to get into this main event and uh, Islam Akashev and Alexander Volkanovsky beyond delivering in what was a historic first for the UFC, at least as far as the men were concerned, number one versus number two on the pound for pound list. I don't much care about the whole pound for pound discussion, even though it will be open today, um, but it is Islam Akashev Ken Flo successfully defending his lightweight title unanimous decision 48 47 times two, 49 46 from the dissenting judge your thoughts on what was an outstanding main event very far from where i am right now i really do i, I thought it was a phenomenal fight uh, i think um volkanovsky uh I, I think you know got more confident a, as i expected as the fight went on once he realized that you know he can find his timing and kind of Thwart some of those takedown attempts. I think we we saw him, uh, you know, kind of increase his energy a bit. Even when he was in some really bad spots, like when he had his back taken with the body triangle, he was staying calm. He seemed uh, like he was composed throughout. Uh, even allowed him to have the confidence to actually try to, you know, throw a lot of strikes at Volk. Uh, at sorry, at uh, Islam his way. Um, Islam, though, I think was underestimated a bit in terms of striking on my part. Um, he doesn't have the most sophisticated footwork. He doesn't have the most sophisticated uh, striking game, but he's got the fundamentals and he has excellent timing. And I think that size also came into play as he was countering uh, Volkanovsky very well with some hard shots. And, you know, I, I think that was kind of the difference in a lot of those close rounds. He had enough pop and enough timing on his punches where it allowed him to get in on a lot of those takedowns. Um, so I thought it was a tremendous performance from both men. Volkanovsky is an absolute beast. We have to remind ourselves, though, when we're watching a fight, um, we, we do have bias, right, especially in these big fights, and especially when you have a smaller man that you are rooting for. We are naturally, a, a lot of times, kind of pulling for the underdogs in a lot of ways. And that um, narrative in our head seems to kind of lead the way as we're watching fights. I know that was the case for me. As I was watching that fight live, John, I said, man, that was a close fight. I think Volk, you know, pulled it off. I went back and watched the fight. I think it's important if we are to be intelligent human beings and, and trying to learn uh, that we have to have an open mind enough to be able to change our mind. And after watching that fight again, sound off, no distractions, looking at it to score, it was close, but it was clear. Islam Mahashev won that fight. I had it rounds one, two, and four for Islam, rounds three and five for Volkanovsky. Yeah, so that's how I scored it when I watched it back, and I thought round two was exceedingly close. And I would say for anyone who feels so convicted about round two and can't see the other side of it, I honestly don't know what to tell you. And if that's you, I say that with all due respect. Go ahead. Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, there, there is one caveat to round two uh, that I'd like to please, talk about. Please. Now, now, this is very, this is very important. Now, the difference, as I'm watching it in real time, was Islam hurt Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky hurt uh, Islam, but but Islam hurt Volkanovsky. Now, if you go back and watch those punches that Islam landed, there were two shots that hurt Volkanovsky, both left hands. The problem is both of those left hands hit to the back of the head of Volkanovsky. Um, so, yeah. again, let, let's say we saw yeah. that in real time. Uh, those would be illegal shots. Those technically wouldn't count. However, watching in real time, I don't think there, it's possible for you to even, uh, you know, talk about that. But that that's what made it even on the striking for me. And then what gave the round to Islam was, was the grappling exchanges. So yeah. I, I think that's what put Islam over in round two of why he won that round. Sorry. 
And sorry for the landscapers. You know, when you live in South Florida, I don't know what to tell you. I will tell you, though, for everybody complaining about uh, my Wi-Fi and my foul mouth. I haven't sworn yet today, I don't believe. And I'm getting like two new routers. So we're going to be in business. And Cody says you can't hear the landscapers, which is just outstanding. He does want me to swear. So I want to talk about the fight before I go nuts about all the scoring. And we're going to talk about these rounds. And certainly we're going to talk about round four. Uh, So... Islam Akashev, I thought he struck really well. And I have a few different questions for you in terms of maybe a second meeting down the line. Alexander Volkanovsky seemingly suggested he needed to start faster. He had a hard time establishing his jab. I feel like really throughout, but I do believe in a rematch that he would start faster and he would be more aggressive. And I mean, there's no denying that the betting lines are obviously going to be a lot tighter in a rematch, even though Islam was still a huge favorite on the live number going into this fifth and final round. Um, But what do you think about Volkanovsky in terms of establishing his jab and being a little bit more aggressive, at least on the feet, were they to meet again? Yeah, you know, the problem with with the jab, right, is that he yes, he does have longer arms, but you need to creep into a certain uh, at a certain distance in order to land that right. Obvious. Uh, The other thing about the jab is you need to be relatively um, straight on to your opponents. That's how a lot of MMA guys like to do it. I I prefer to try to create an angle off of that. Uh, It is especially helpful if you have uh, if you're in an open stance, right, where if you're in uh, Volkanovsky who likes to switch stances, um, you know, could be in that open stance, I, I think it gives him an angle to land without getting countered. The problem is he was landing the jab, but Islam was countering straight back. If you are dead on to someone, it gives options for both fighters to land shots. And Islam being the shorter guy and Islam having been working on his striking was able to return shots and him having that size and weight advantage. It seemed like his shots were having a bit more of an impact on Volkanovsky. Vol- Volkanovsky was faster, um, but yeah, I think that um, it was a little troublesome. What I did like from Volkanovsky was when he was shifting stances, it was confusing Islam a bit. Islam started to adjust to that, and when Islam started to adjust to that, and he found his timing, um, I think it took away a bit of the confidence out of Volkanovsky, who thought he was going to have a significant striking edge. Um it was an edge in some ways. I think that where Volkanovsky was getting into trouble, uh, I think, first of all, he underestimated Islam in the striking. He was staying in front of him, and when he was landing his shots, he wasn't hitting the proper exits, right? He wasn't hitting those, you know, hitting the combination and getting out of there. He was hitting those shots and kind of waiting for Islam to do something and, and, and thinking he was going to be able to follow up, and Islam was on point with his timing and counter shots. You're on point today. I try to not get too technical, as you know, but right. Like I used to sort of joke around, like in the time it takes Benson Henderson to fix his hair, he could throw a jab in the time it takes Alexander Volkanovsky to perpetually switch his stance. He could be throwing something more often than not. When you're switching stances, you're not throwing. So if you switch stances, 75, 80, 90 times in a fight, I don't know. I just think that he will start faster in a rematch. And obviously I would be fascinated to see it. You know, I think there are a lot of, people out there that think the pendulum would swing to Volkanovsky in a rematch. I wonder if you think Makashev would wrestle more or less in a rematch. And you and I are aligned that we thought Islam Makashev won what was a very close fight here. But sometimes I like to ask guys in the fighter meeting, and I didn't get to it this time, if this was just a kickboxing match, right? We can talk all we want about your grappling and your wrestling and how nuanced it is and everything else, the trips, whatever. Yeah. But what if you just had to beat Alexander Volkanovsky in a kickboxing match? I bet Islam would say, I think I can beat him, right? I'm the bigger man, you know, I'm the more powerful man, right? Like, do you think Islam um, would wrestle more or less if they were to fight again? That That is a good question. I certainly think he proved that he's got the advantage there. Volkanovsky did a great job, great account of himself, but uh, Islam uh, is going to have that edge. Uh, he, he he really knows what he's doing in that clinch. He really knows what he's doing when he gets a hold of your legs. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's very possible. I, I, I do think that um, he, he needed to use his striking more to set up his uh, takedowns as opposed to just using his striking to just counter. Um, having those shots, uh, I, I think, was better. He was taking advantage of Volkanovsky with reactive takedowns. He he would have Volkanovsky, who got a little impatient there in round two when he came forward. He would change levels and then shoot in on him. So, yeah, I, I think there's stuff that he could do to be a little bit 
more proactive, setting up his takedowns, backing up Volkanovsky, having those strikes lead the way, and then changing levels a little bit more. He did some of that, but I yeah. think he could do more of that for sure if they yeah. ever did a rematch, which I would be all for. I, I, I could watch those guys fight over and over again. There were times where I, I thought Volkanovsky had some momentary lapses in round four. You heard me sort of acknowledge, not saying that that's why he got caught in that body triangle, but a little bit of the verbal back and forth at what I thought was an inopportune time. I also thought Volkanovsky was quick to acknowledge the big shots that were landed by Islam Makashev. Even if you go back and watch the first three minutes of round five. Islam Makashev won the first half of round five, unless my eyes deceive me when I went back and watched this morning, cut him open with a big shot, you know, because what I did this morning, and I don't like watching this shit back, right? But maybe I should, right? But obviously, this is such a huge part of my life that, you know, heaven forbid I come home and actually watch the Super Bowl or something or be with my kids, right? But I did watch this thing back, and I found myself being like, all right, at the three-and-a-half-minute mark around two, it's even. At the three-minute mark, two-and-a-half-minute mark, it's even two minutes. Finally, I swung the pendulum to Islam Akashev in round two. Then I get to round three, and the human in me thinks, well, man, even if I'm a judge, and by the way, I thought the judges did an exceptional job overall on this night, and a lot yeah. of the elite ones were in the building, Ben Cartledge among them. But I found myself saying, I'm a human being. Like, round two was close, you know. Round three, I did think was Volkanovsky, right? But it was close as hell, too. And because I had just given Islam round two, the human in me was going to give Volkanovsky round three. And I don't know. I know the judges aren't supposed to do that. Um, Kenny, what would you say to people? And I know I'm a little bit all over the place. What would you say to people? Well, what do you think? Do you think I'm on to anything in terms of Volkanovsky acknowledging those shots? Like, why would you give them further credence with your like, yeah, good. Or am I just reading way too much into that? A hundred percent. I was thrown off by it. I'm looking at him and he's like, hey, nice job. That was a nice shot where if he just and he didn't stop like, uh, OK, what one big tell if you get hit with a shot and you acknowledge it, um, it, it, that that's going to let the judge know, right? That like, that was a good shot. Um, if he just had that poker face and stayed where he was, because he didn't get pushed back from some of those, some of them he did, but on a couple of them, he'd get hit. He'd stay there and be like, nice. Kind of give him a thumbs up. It's like, dude, don't do that. You know, right, you're not right. barring. Uh, and maybe that was a way of getting him to be energized and fired up and, but it did not help his cause. There's no question about it. If he kind of didn't do anything and just kind of took one step forward and tried to throw right after that, I, th I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. But if Islam's landing those shots and you're acknowledging them and you're saying good job, um, you're, you're just helping the judges uh, make it that much more easier to, to score, quote unquote, those shots. Absolutely incredible fight. I certainly think there's grounds for an immediate rematch. We're going to get into Yair Rodriguez and everything else. There's so much respect that we both have for these athletes. And um, I hope Islam can enjoy the win a little bit because of a lot of the noise that is out there for Volkanovsky and rightfully so. But I do have to dig deeper into this and plenty more with Longo. We're going to get into this with Brian Petrie later in the week. This story's not going away. Uh, all right, Kenny. Grapplers. BJJ practitioners seem to differ on this and correct me if I'm wrong in terms of the most dominant position in fighting. Some people suggest that it's having the fighters back the way Islam Akashev did and others would suggest that it's the mount. Is that a fair statement that maybe people are split on that? And and where do you stand on that? Fucking phenomenal question. Pardon my language. Thank uh, you. OK, so uh, I used to be in the camp of taking the back. I I I. I like to pride myself in being there and I try to do my best to finish from there. Um, you know, if you're looking at it from, from the perspective of like in combat, what are the situations that you want to be in? If we're, to, if we're going down to first principles, like where do you want to be? You either want to encircle your opponent or you want to pin your opponent in some way, shape or form. Um, the back mount and the mount are kind of both of those things. Here's why it's a little bit different and why I actually now am in the camp of the mount. I, I probably made that switch about maybe five, seven years ago, but I think I always knew it. If you're on the back, you can't strike with the same amount of force. First of all, typically, you don't have gravity on your side unless you have them belly down. Um, on the mat, you don't have gravity on your side, on your side, right? So you can't strike with the same force. If you are, you have, let's say I'm on my back and I have your back, I can't really uh, have the same kind of uh, force with my punches. If I'm mounted on you, I am sandwiching my opponent between myself and the mat and I have gravity on my side. I can punch 
you know, with more freedom. I can punch with more power. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that for me, I, I think it's it's more of a fight ender um, or it's more of a, it's a better way of draining my opponent's energy. If I have your back and I'm just holding on to you, Volkanovsky, that really didn't do anything to Volkanovsky from an energy perspective. Um, he was still able to stay calm. He was actually hitting uh, Islam as well. Um, if I am mounted on you and you're trying to punch me from the mount, it's it's uh, your efforts will will right, <laughs> will right. be uh, stifled. OK, you, you cannot punch me if I am mounted on top of you, but you can't punch me if I have your back. So if you're looking at it from a perspective of what options do I have, what options do you have? Um, I think the mount is superior uh, in that way. Beautifully explained. And uh, there are sort of rare instances in which we've seen fighters realize success with elbows off of their back, cutting people open. But in a lot of respects, it feels like you're punching underwater. You know, I think that there's also probably something to be said, you know, your mount is obviously a lot stronger than mine. And I think maybe for some grapplers, they don't feel like their mount is great. And maybe they don't, you know, dig in the knees the right way on the sides or whatever the fuck. So that maybe they feel more comfortable off of the back. And I think Mick Maynard, who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, Gracie Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, if I'm not mistaken, I was talking to him in the airport lounge and, you know, he was sort of intimating that Volkanovsky wasn't even sort of turning the right way to try to get out, but that that is the most dominant position for him. And back. yeah. Now, wherever you stand on that, okay, the fucking notion from some people, Sean Sheehan, I love you. I respect your scorecard as much as anybody's in the space, but the notion that Alexander Volkanovsky won round four when he doesn't think he won it and none of the pro fighters think he won it. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California is absolutely absurd. And I don't even want to inject the word criteria into the conversation, right? Because it gives people grounds on which to criticize me because oh, he's not listening to. No, people need to give effective grappling the respect that it deserves. This doesn't even have to do in my humble opinion, with the body triangle. How about the beautiful fucking takedown from Islam Makashev to actually get the fight to the floor and whatever he did to try to get it to the fence, to get to a more dominant area, to keep the position that Volkanovsky didn't even come close to escaping. And Sean Sheehan, I love you, and sent me a great email about his defense. So, like, but when on Sean Sheehan's Severe MMA podcast, Kenny, he says, right, like that it felt like 10 minutes, right? So to me, therein lies the bias already that you don't enjoy seeing Islam do this. The referee's allowing him to do this. This is effective grappling as far as I'm concerned every day of the week. Yeah, there weren't a ton of submission attempts, maybe a little neck crank. Maybe he was in danger a little bit there, okay? But like not at all here for the Volkanovsky one round four crowd at all. And if, if we have to change whatever we need to do to make sure that that we're all aligned on that. I need to help the sport get to that place. Let me do my best in trying to break it, break this down on why John, you are correct. Um, so if I have, if I have your back, can you just get up and get away from me? You don't have that option. If I am mounted on you, you don't really have that option of just getting up and moving around the octagon, wherever you please. If we're talking about options, right, if like we're talking about what kind of freedoms you have as opposed to I have, the less freedoms you have, the more restricted you are, the more control, let's say, I have over you. Um, Islam can get up whenever he wants and move around the octagon however he wants. If I have your back or if I'm mounted on you, you're not going anywhere. 
So what does that say about control? What does that say about the effectiveness of that grappling technique, right? It'd be one thing if you have, let's say, I, you know, you have my back and I get up and I'm walking around the octagon. I'm slamming you up against the cage. I'm doing all these different things to you. Okay, maybe you have a point, but you can't do that. Volkanovsky, do you think Volkanovsky wanted to be there? Would he prefer to be there? Was that an even position for both guys? Just because I can strike you doesn't necessarily mean that I'm winning that position. Volkanovsky did not want to be there. It's restricting his freedom. It's restricting his movement. It's compressing his, his body. Um, it's allowing Islam to hit things like rear naked chokes and you know arm bars if he choose, if he was going to go yeah. for that. But again, positionally, he's dominating you. If I can dictate where the battle happens, if I can keep my enemy in a specific place, that is not good for the enemy. I'm sorry. Dude, like I'm losing my mind this morning, honestly. Like, and then I'm I'm reading, oh, you know, Islam landed six shots and bulk maybe four on the feet. This is an effective grappling round. Yeah. I just don't understand why grappling doesn't get the respect that it deserves. I don't care how aesthetically pleasing or not it is. And as far as the shots on the ground, yeah, Volk was landing a little bit. So was fucking Makashev, right? So, like, I'm all for those who gave Volkanovsky rounds two, three, and five. I don't argue with that. I thought this was a very close fight overall. But I'm just not here for people who gave Volkanovsky round four. Go ask Alex how he felt about that round. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Are you wearing red for Valentine's Day? Yeah, red? happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. And my goodness, look at your hair. It's time to see the barber. Really? And I just passed up a haircut till next week. <laughs> Oof. I thought Can I, thought you, uh, I, thought I, I want to see a, more of your hair, though. I want to see more of your hair. You got it. You got yeah, We need a more sub room. There we go. That looks better. Yes, oh, remember COVID hair long ago? <laughs> it was long. Uh, well, you guys coming out firing today. So can you give us a little more headroom, if you don't mind? Frame yourself up just so I can see a little bit. Perfect. Great to go. see you, Raymond. How was your weekend? Really, really good. Great fights. How was your flight? I was worried about you. Thank you, my man. It was a long one, man. Yeah. I'm hurting for certain. You know, I'm a little bit dizzy. As I sit here, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they are tough. You seem a little subdued. I don't think you're going to be as attacking oh. me as much as normal. Oh, no, we're not subdued necessarily. <laughs> uh, we got some uh, some duck donuts coffee going here. Yeah. But no, it's I will say about the journey. It is pretty crazy, right? The, it was 37 hours door to door on the way uh, there. And, uh, uh, you know, even for the Aussies who live on the East Coast, right? Not yeah. a lot of them are going to Perth. It's a beautiful place. And obviously they're going to great lengths is Western Australia to try to get people there. But man, that's as far as you can go from South Florida, Ray. It's not good for the long-term health, Raymond. No way, man. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, I don't think you're going to feel it for a couple of more weeks. But sometimes it hits you like two weeks late. You just start waking yeah. up at like four in the morning. You don't know why. Those trips, yeah. like, they're killers, man. They are. They're fun, but they are. They, they come with a little bit of a price. But anyway. All right, guys, let's start it out. I mean, we got Alexander Volkanovsky, Islam Makashev. Tell us how your pay-per-view night plays out. Where are you? Who are you watching with? Are you muting the commentators? What does a pay-per-view night look like for Raymond? Uh, I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go to Joey Mortgage's house. I was dead tired. I Joey Mortgage. Who's I, Joey Mortgage? <laughs> Is his last name Mortgage? That's his last name. Mortgage. Get out of here. I knew yeah. a guy, Jared Drinkwater. His last name's Mortgage, huh? I know a girl, Amy Lipschitz. But, uh, that's true. I mean, that's not the word. You guys, what are you guys, children? What? No, I, I mean, like, it's a little delayed reaction. No, I think we've all heard that. I mean, like the two name. little kids on Valentine's Day. Oh, uh, for you guys, it's actually Valentine's Day, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, no, so I watched it by myself, and I, I, I got to tell you, I had a great time. But wait, first bet. off, we got crucified. For saying we thought the odds were off, you know, we right. got crucified for that. Who that crucified means, uh, us? Oh, people on the, you know, uh, uh, comments. On the yeah, on the they, yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah. I, I don't even get it. But look, first, before we even get going, because right, great fight. Hats off to both guys, Javier Mendez. Congratulations, my man Joe Lopez. Congratulations, Eugene Barman. Whoever was involved with Vulcan, I just congrats. It's a great fight because whatever we say. I don't want to be misconstrued, but yeah. 
to me, the real winner in this fight is Alexander Volkanovsky, unequivocally, for a variety of reasons that we could get into. But, uh, man, what a fight. Well, yeah, in terms of the whole pound-for-pound debate, I don't necessarily want to lead the dance with that, right? Because I'm certainly okay with people who absolutely unequivocally believe that Islam deserves to be elevated. And I'm also okay that if the smaller guy fights like this against the bigger guy that he certainly doesn't relinquish the number one spot, but that's not really what matters in all of this. What matters is the rematch and how these guys match up against each other. And this fight, are you watching this to score it? Or are you watching no. this as a fan? Because I will say as much as I love my job, Kenny knows as well as anyone, I can't wait until the next time I get to sit down and watch a UFC pay-per-view as a fan, but I sure yeah. as fuck am not going to be sitting there fine tooth combing rounds two and three and right. telling the people at my house to be quiet so I can fucking score the fight. I just right. want to watch mixed martial uh, arts. I, right. I, I watched it as a fan and that's my, every comment I make today will be as a fan, not as a guy that was scoring the fight. So I, I, I'm starting to learn. I have to qualify a lot of shit that I say, because you know, I try to entertain and, you know, we try to be funny and, you know, add a couple insights in that maybe people miss. But uh, I don't know, the pound for pound thing I never understood. And, I, you know, calling out the little guy. I mean, don't, don't most people go up? That, that was confusing to me, too. I mean, if I fight, you know, you want to fight, uh, you know, Usman or, uh, you know, Leon or Kamzat, you know, go up and fight. That would have been different. You call who who's next? Aljo? Aljo wins a couple of more fights. Maybe calls Aljo out. I mean, what do we, I don't know. I mean, I, so I don't off, see it. So hats way. off to Volkanovski for sure. I mean, I well, think- I don't necessarily see it that way because of Volkanovski's status as the best pound for pound fighter in the world. But you're right. Certainly for some like Benil Darius and others, it was off putting Ken Flo, right? That his first title defense call out was a featherweight. He did go into the belly of the beast and I give yes. him credit for doing that. Um, but, but he, he asked for it too, which I thought was a little crazy. Yeah. He, no, I think, yeah. It seems like they had a plan for that, which, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I could be off. I'm just, I thought, I think it's just weird calling out a little guy. You know, so, it's, like, it's like you walk into a gym, Kenny. Who do you pick? Hey, give me that guy, the 130 right. pounds. Let's go. Yeah. Get in the cage, you, <laughs> you pussy. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, no, and candidly, the one time I competed in any sort of combat sports setting in a tough man competition at Theta Chi Fraternity, not unlike Ken Flo against Vitor Shalin Ribeiro, I wanted to be the underdog. I wanted to fight the bigger man. Now, I picked out a guy who was six one, named Mike Froelich, who smoked a pack of Marlboro Reds a day, right? But I wanted to be the five foot nine inch guy beating the six foot one inch guy, right? I didn't nice. want to yeah, you know, pick on the bottom feeder. You know what I mean? Right. So, all right. So, yes, I think we all agree that Alexander Volkanovsky in terms of his status goes through the roof, right? In terms of the way he was able to compete. But I also think this is a very winnable fight for him and was a winnable fight for him. Uh, Did you think when it went to the judges scorecards that, uh, that Volkanovsky had done enough to win? Like which way did you think it was going to go? Because I feel as though at least on broadcast, maybe I was almost too convicted for Islam because I just felt like he had won the fight. What did you think afterwards, immediately after those 25 minutes, right? I thought that, uh, based on the way that fight ended. I, I like, again, I'm not scoring the fight and, and Islam's a great fighter. You guys, uh, I don't want to get like crucified, but uh, you know, I thought there was a possibility that Volkanovski won the fight, but I didn't think the judges were going to give it to him. You know, it goes back to that again. I, I you know, look, here's the problem. So uh, round five, and again, this is from a fan. I, I wasn't watching the fight. Round five was clear. Round one was, I think, pretty clear. I think he won three. But even the fourth round where he's in that body lock, right? I mean, he's laughing. He's talking to him. There's never a threat. The guy's never doing anything. He, he's in a body triangle for five minutes. He goes back to the, the corner. One guy's exhausted or looks exhausted. The other guy's talking like it's a normal What are you day. telling me about round four, though? What are you What are you saying? Because it know. wasn't I, five minutes. There's so much exaggeration. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. How, many, how many minutes? Like grappling, man. You know, like maybe I should go call jujitsu or something. You know, I mean, you say no, five I, minutes, right? It happened at the three and a half minute no, mark. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let me let me qualify again. I'm just saying if that's a pivotal round, that even was a close round. Now, he controlled him for sure and he won the round, but it's still it's still a hundred and forty five pound guy. <laughs> you couldn't get rid of and you were in a position that you finish everybody in, or when it's on the ground mostly. Look, he's run through people. Right? What does that have to do with the round? Absol- four? Absolutely nothing. All right. 
Sorry, I'm just a little emotional. No, absolutely. I think, absolutely. You know, no, I'm just like, yeah. again, these are just things no, I'm I thinking know. about during the fight. That's what I say. I'm not yeah. scoring the fight. I'm as a fan. I'm going, holy crap, this kid is this this kid is doing great, man. And he right. was in no danger at all. He was talking to him. Those shots might have been little, but at least he was trying to do something. Right. And that's the thing. I, I think that that narrative and I, I talked about that at the start of the uh, podcast, Ray, was that, you know, the narrative is, is that like and the same thing with me as I'm watching that fight. I think well, Volkanovsky is, is winning this fight. I think he won the fight. But I think the narrative was the little guy's doing really good against yeah, yeah. the bigger guy. And every time he does good things, we're like, yes, he's yes. winning the fight. And we you forget know, round four, round four was even on the feet. It was even striking on the feet for me. The takedown happened for Islam at three minutes and 25 seconds. The back take happened at three minutes and 13 seconds. That's a lot of control time. Similar to how, uh, you know, uh, your boy Aljo had pure doubt, which, yeah. people, which people complained about. So, but, you know, he did land some vicious punches, Kenny. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, it was a little different. I'd go back and look at both of those together with you. And I, but I, I think at the end yeah. of the day, Volkanovsky can't get up and leave from that position. Islam's right. controlling yes. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah. that's what just, it was even on the feet. And then what does it come down to? The grappling control, the, the yes. effectiveness of, of grappling control. And I'm Islam fine. certainly had that. So I'm, I, fu- I'm fine. But I'm with you. I'm with you on that because Volkanovsky was showing that, hey, this is not having an effect on me. Right. Did he still – did he win the round though? Probably not. Yeah. Or not yeah. probably not. I would say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's – I'm and I'm going with you. <laughs> John, John's no, rubbing no, – no, ah. Cody, can we just eliminate that whole block over there? Let me talk no, to, don't let me talk to Kenny anything. for a minute. Yeah, now, you can talk to Kenny. I'm right here. <laughs> no, but I'm with Kenny. Like, it yeah. was the little guy. So, look, I'm saying it's yeah. it's not confident. It's bias. I don't know well, I, you know, I think Alan – I think but, Alan Joban said it best. He said, you know, listen, Islam won the fight, yeah. but Volkanovsky is still the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. And I, I and I think he is that because of the quality of competition that he's faced at 145 pounds, him, you know, going up, showing a level of skill and, wow. and, and, and in all areas, which is at such a high level. For me, he's still the best power for pound yeah. uh, guy out there. So, yeah, and, and you look at – let's go to Islam. Again, I'm not trying to – uh, doubt Islam or say anything better. He's an unbelievable fighter. Obviously. Unbelievable. Obviously. Unbelievable. Two fights ago, he was fighting Bobby Green. The fight before that, Dan Hooker, Thiago Moises, Drew Dober. These are middle middle of yes. the pack guys in the division. These aren't, this isn't Brian, the Brian Ortegas, the Max Holloways, the Jose Aldos, the guys that have been elite for a long time. Volkanovski's beating those guys. Yeah, high, yeah. high level guys. So that's why for me, Volkanovski is no, the best. Without it, yeah. And then this performance, as close as it was, he remains the number one pound for pound fighter in, in in my eyes. Yeah, there's no question about it. You have to look at the quality of fighters that each guy has faced. There's no yeah. question. And I just think it was too soon anyway. You just won the title. Right. What are we talking about pound for pound for? I see. I didn't even like the right. narrative, which is, you know, bullshit. Yeah. I guess they sell a fight, whatever. I, I thought I just didn't like it. I liked everything Volkanowski did from before the fight during the fight, the way he handled the microphone after the fight, the way he handled the crowd after the fight, just a class act. Yeah. And like, again, does this mean anything to any? No, but I'm just making statements. I don't really know. And I, I, have agree no, I have with... no dog in the race or horse in the race, whatever the saying is. I Both guys are great fighters. One guy's been defending his title for a long time. One guy just got the title. So it was confusing to me why this is even coming up, you know? Well, the fight happened and, and Islam did win it on all three judges' scorecards that matter. And, um, you know, I do believe Islam Akashev should be celebrated more than he's being celebrated. I love the Volk celebration. Anyone who follows me on Instagram saw I gave him a Boston Celtics jersey. I mean, we're very yeah, yeah. close. No, no. We have more Australians that listen to this podcast than Russians, you know. Yeah. Um, but, like, it almost seems to me like Volkanovsky – He's in this body lock, right? And like, but he's like singing men at work down under. So maybe they should yeah. take the position away from Islam or something. You know, that's where we're going, right? Like, let's take away a fucking body triangle because he's not doing enough with it. No, make the fighter get out of it, Kenny. I mean, what are we doing here? So that's Do I need to find but, a new but, sport. But, but that's what that's what Rogan's point is with the cage thing. If a guy can't get off, why are you breaking him? Let him yeah. sing too. He could sing. Yeah. The guy, the yeah. guy against the cage could start singing. 
What's the difference? Yeah. It's the yeah. same position. Yeah. Um, all right. That's I have it. a quote that I, huh? No, <laughs> I have another 16 minutes with you, if I'm not uh, mistaken, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, but again, look, if Islam would have went up and fought a hundred, the 170 pound champ, we're talking this way about Islam. I, that's, that's what I feel anyway. I just think I'm always going to be for the underdog that, that yeah. you know, that I'm always going to go that way. Cause I think that was my whole career. Right. So. <laughs> I, I think this is a brilliant, I think it was a brilliant move by Islam and his team to do it in a way, because yeah, listen, you, you know, the deal right between right. The, the, the weights and what the deal, but the perception is, and on his record, he will always have a win over Alexander Volkanovsky. And I think he did it at the right time. Did he deserve it? I, I don't, I don't think so. Volkanovsky yeah. played into his hand yeah. and said, Oh yeah, right. yeah, I'll fight. And, and he knew that he was going to have an edge in certain areas. And, and it, and it turned out well for him. Right. It's like, it's like when uh, Floyd Mayweather waited for Manny Pacquiao, you know, to be many years after his prime. Well, go, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now I'll fight you. Now, now yeah, I'll, yeah, let yeah. me just know right? no, But, the, say, but the, the difference is, Kenny, these guys both are on the upward trajectory. They're both sure. still getting better. Absolutely. Both in yeah, their yeah, prime. Yeah, both are still. That's the That was the beauty of the fight. They're, True. Nobody's down on a downward slide. It's not a, a legends fight. It's two guys that are at the top of their game champions in their division which that that part was good i just think i'm always going to go for the little guy the, the underdog of course you know? i still think though there's further unfairness to islam akashev like who first manifested this it was alexander volkanovsky when islam wasn't even the champion right alexander volkanovsky twice cut weight and weighed in as a backup without an optimal lightweight training camp he was the backup for islam's championship win over charles Oliveira, if i'm not mistaken right so it was volkanovsky right. he wanted actually that, he wanted who laid challenge. the right. foundation for it islam obliged went to his fucking backyard, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yeah. he was fighting the smaller man, you know? Yes. Um, I, I feel like you need to do an immediate rematch. You know, Yair Rodriguez, yeah. like, is probably my favorite fighter on the whole roster at this point. But, I like, mean, I feel like you need an immediate rematch between these two guys. Real quick, Ken Flo, and, yes. again, plenty more on Thursday. We're going to just be hammering this hard. I can't believe that we haven't even gotten to Yair. Um, Kenny, what do you think as far as – we have Arnold Allen and Max Holloway, I believe, on April 15th. Arnold Allen – there's nothing left for him if he beats Max Holloway. But, of course, he would be behind Yair Rodriguez, which means the featherweights, you know, not that we're in the business of defending interim belts. But what would you do right now with Islam Makashev and with Alexander Volkanovsky based on what we saw last week? My goodness. If I'm the UFC, if I'm the UFC, I think that is too good of a fight. I mean, I could watch those guys fight over and over. Without a doubt. It was Beautiful. phenomenal. Beautiful. It, it, I mean, how rare is it that we get a 145-pound champ taking on a 155-pound champ? It's rare. These are these are special moments in our sport that we should cherish. You could do this again. You could run it back. And again, I think people would still be going back and forth on who would win this fight. That's what makes great fights great. So if I, I would take the chance to try to make this rematch again, however, also knowing how the UFC operates, they do not like holding up divisions, boy, which is why Yair and Emmett fought for that interim belt. You can go, hey, listen, Alex, you can always go back, fight for that belt again. Yair, you're the new. Now you are the actual champ. Take on, you know, the winner of Arnold Allen and uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and let me Holloway. say, yeah, they, like, they, they don't like holding up the divisions, but they really yeah. like making a lot of money. And that's the exactly. money fight. To, and that's the money fight to make. They'll 100%. hold up they'll hold up everything to make money. If you think that they, they care about, you know, who's coming up, they want they yeah. want to make money. And that's a this is a money fight. And look, as a fan, who makes the adjustments? That was a close fight yes. either way. Who makes yes. the adjustments? I want to see that. I don't want well, to talk win. to me about the adjustments. Talk to me about the adjustments real quick on either side. Well, I, well, I, think, I think, and Kenny, you could correct me if I'm wrong. There were a couple of scrambles at the beginning. It looked like Volk wanted to go for it, but he goes, I'm not expending the energy. Like, you know, now he knows yeah. the strength. Now you heard him say that. The guy's not a bullshit artist. If he said the guy wasn't like, for him, he wasn't drunk because Volk's a, a freaking tank. So I don't know. I don't know who's going to be strong next to him, probably in Gano. But, uh, but that's the uh, like I think Volk goes for it more, and I, and the adjustments um, Islam makes is maybe he doesn't spend the energy trying to uh, you know go for the submissions. Maybe he doesn't feel like he could submit. Maybe he goes more for the ground and pound, gets a better position. I don't know. I'm just saying I want to see what happens. That was a I don't care who won the fight, and as far as I'm concerned, you could have called that a draw, and everybody walks home happy or unhappy. But do run it back again. 
this was a close fight. I bet you the second fight isn't close. I don't know which way it goes, but I bet you they both learned a lot in that fight. Yeah. And they, they come out, and that's what I want to see. I was sort of intimating that Islam might strike more in the rematch. And, yeah. you know, just because I, yeah, I do they, believe that he felt like he was on the wrong end of the energy system equation at the end of the fight. Yeah, they're both, look, there's no question. If you're basing that fight on energy system, Volk looks like he could have won another three rounds. Well, so, that, so, right. I know. Right. Yes, I, so I understand. I think, and that, I you think, know, some I people think, say, yeah, Volk won the fight because he can go 10 rounds. No, well, no, no. Listen, this, this, but these are all comments. These are all observations. And I, we're not judging the fight. Sorry. That's I'm why sorry. I think we, we qualify it as we're fans and we're just trying yeah. to incite dialogue. That's it. You know, if, if it's good, if it's bad, but both guys are great fighters. That fight was close. That fight was very close. They're both great fighters. Run it back yeah. again. You could probably run that back in three months. You're not holding up too much. Let everybody sit out for a while. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, like again, Yaria Rodriguez, what a freaking fight that guy had. So yeah, I, let's feel, get to, uh... I feel bad for him, but I, that I don't even know. It, the, the performance he put on. Maybe right, let's get to that. Yeah, maybe Anakin, that uh, Anakin Florian podcast. Yeah. Poll question results. 51.7% of you would like to see Alexander Volkanovsky defend his belt against Yair Rodriguez. 47% of you, 5,000 respondents in about 90 minutes. 47% of you want the rematch. 1.3% want other. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe, maybe Benny Dayush, but I think he's fighting Charles Oliveira. Um, So, uh, all right. Yair Rodriguez. Ray, I guess I'll start with you on Yair. Dominic Cruz called him one of one on the broadcast, and I think it's probably the most appropriate description. I, I don't know that I have a point of comparison. He is as special and unique a striker and well-versed as I've ever seen, and that says nothing of his cardio, his grappling. He's the total package, and I can't wait to see him fight for the undisputed title, but I'm glad that he's going to have a belt forever because uh, he put it, put in a lot of hard years to get there. What were your thoughts on Yair? Uh, uh, superb, flawless. Uh, you know, I mean – you know, he got hit a couple of times, but he's got that Mexican heart. Even besides all the technique, you know, he's got that altitude training, which is never going to fail him, I guarantee. You know, those Mexican fighters like Chavez, they, they could go 100 rounds. They just, yep. you could beat them with a bat. So I think he brings that intangible into the ring, plus the technique, the movement, the kicks. Uh, you know, I, I picked him to win just because I thought he would offset him with the kicks, but that's just one one aspect he he's really a talented guy uh and that's the only problem i have with volk rematching islam is that this fight i don't think is an easy fight for volk i mean i'd love to help everybody wants to see that fight too so for the ufc it was a, just a win-win because yeah i think it opens up so many possibilities maybe the mystique of islam has been taken away a little bit you know for other guys to come in there uh, you know, Yaria Rodriguez added, uh, I mean, what a performance he had. I want to see that fight with Volkanovski too. I want to see how Volk deals with him. It's, it's, they're, they're in a great spot. They're all, all of them are. Yair, uh, Volk, Islam, they have great fights ahead of them. And it's a win for the fans and it's a hundred percent a win for the UFC. Kenny, before we spin it forward for Yair, your thoughts on his performance against a guy in Josh Emmett, who's very hard to put away, had never been submitted before. Uh, and have you ever seen anything or anyone like Yair Rodriguez before? I think Emmett, uh, I think Yair had Emmett beat uh, on speed. He had him beat on athleticism. Um, and Yair always comes into each and every fight with new skills. Um, and, and I'm just so impressed uh, with his evolution as a fighter. Um, I think offensively, he is a problem for anybody, including Volkanovsky. Yeah, what I uh, So he's extremely dangerous. However, I, I still question some of the defensive capabilities. I, I don't know if he's sophisticated enough defensively to deal with Volkanovsky, but as far as offense, He's a big-time problem. I, I kind of see him like Charles Oliveira, whereas when things are going well and when he's just overwhelmingly with offense, you're screwed. He's going to take you out. He's just too good. But um, if you get him in certain defensive positions, again, we you know we, you look at the first round. Let me be super critical here. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, did yeah. Get, he did get caught yeah. into side control. Josh Emmett, that's not what he does. He's not 
great at necessarily controlling you and taking advantage of those positions on the ground. Um, but I, I do think that uh, M- Emmett was just overwhelmed. He didn't know where he was getting hit from. He yeah, didn't know he, where where yeah. Yair was. Yair is just unbelievable, man. Again, that that speed, I, I keep talking about this. I'm like a broken record, but yeah. dude, just that speed alone is is a lot is a lot to deal with. You talk about his skills now, um, his chin, his pacing, uh, yeah. how he puts it all together. It, it, I mean, it, it will give you a headache. If you're a coach trying to break that guy down yeah. and how to beat it, it's a big time problem. But I still hold Volkanovsky in such high regard where I think that he still wins that fight. Not easy, but I still think yeah. he wins that fight. But I would love to see it. Like Ray said, there is no loser. If he fights Islam yeah. again, that's a win. If he fights yeah. Yeah, yeah Rodriguez again. That's a win as well for the fans. Yeah, that's a great thing. And plus, it's not even how fast he is; it's, it's how fast he is with his fast footwork. Like it's just side to side. You're getting kicked. You could. He's offset. You go to step in. You're getting interrupted. It gets frustrating as shit. It really does. But Kenny's right on defensively a little bit. That's why I say I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna rely on that Mexican chin. I think that might help him a little bit, but even on the ground, I, you know, not that I know he's evolved since the Frankie Edgar fight, but like if he went up and fought Islam, I would think Islam just wins that fight. He should be a huge underdog, even with his striking capability. I just think on the floor, he's not going to be able to survive like Volkanowski. And and I would absolutely. And I would add in his ability to perform when he needs to. There were yeah. so many eyes on him. This was for the interim belt, um, and he maximized this opportunity. That is a he, sign of a great fighter. Just phenomenal. He couldn't have had a better night, even with getting hit. That even adds to it more. Like he just—I don't think he was ever in trouble. I mean, he just—you know—he got caught. You know what I mean? So even when Volk went down to one knee, it almost that might reminded me of Brian Stamp. Didn't he do that in one fight where they would just swing and he bounced off a knee? Against uh, Vanderlei Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That seemed, seemed like it was the same thing. But those guys, did just going and you can't stop them. So, yeah, he might have been – you could consider that a knockdown, but that's about as least of a knockdown as you're going to get. Yair Rodriguez is a very good grappler. I think he's arriving at this championship precipice at the right time. I think it stands to reason that the physical strength of Alexander Volkanovsky or Islam Makhachev would be a lot yeah. in a grappling setting. Even Aljamain Sterling, I think, would pose some significant problems for yeah, Yair yeah. Rodriguez, potentially physically. But sometimes that's just me leaning into an aesthetic because he's a little yeah. bit wiry, you know. Yeah, yeah, and Kenny, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right in terms of him being a big game player and rising to the occasion. He's been in a lot of big spots and largely has has come up large i haven't had the chance to call a lot of its fights so i can just tell you like watching this dude live i've never fucking seen anything like it you know and i haven't called most of his career so whatever that's worth and candidly some of the fights that i have worked like the frank yedger fight he was on the wrong side of that the brian ortega fight which was very quick uh all right so aljamain sterling ray posted uh three or four days ago i don't know if these are pictures from a long time ago or if he was just in Colombia, but he did get injections in both of his wrists, his shoulder, his bicep and his neck. Yeah, that was, that was last week. Okay. So I guess it's neither here nor there. So I don't know how it affects his timeline, but he did write on social media over the weekend. If I rolled with Alexander Volkanovsky, I think I 100% think I'd sub him one or two times, not saying it'll be easy anymore. He does his homework, but I believe I'd get him. So an inference there can flow from Aljamain Sterling that maybe at one point in time, it would have been easy when rolling with Volk to sub him a couple of times. Um, Ken Flo, you have anything for us on Aljamain Sterling's <laughs> quotes before we get to uh, his, his uh, chief corner, Ray Long? I, I think it's very interesting. You know, listen, Al, Aljo's a guy that I think could go up to 145 pounds. I think he's strong enough. I think he has the size as well. Um, and uh, again, when you have that singular skill like Aljo has, uh, not necessarily singular skill, but when you have that um, that part of your game that is so strong, um, you're going to believe that you could take on a lot of people. And, and I, you know, I don't know if he could submit Volkanovsky necessarily, but there's no question that Volkanovsky would have a big time uh, problem getting out of that body triangle. Um, and Aljo obviously is so good at keeping people down. He knows how to outposition you. That'd be interesting. And it maybe, maybe it was a little uh, tease to, to Aljo maybe going up to 145 one day. Who knows? Yeah. I'll just say one thing. I've seen him choke out way bigger and heavier guys 
that are really talented. That that's that's I'm gonna I leave it, it like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can't let the guy on your neck for sure. He's got yeah. great squeeze strength. He know, he knows how. To, look, he knows how to use his body. He's proven it, and I I've seen it. So, you know, I is choking out Volkanovski. I mean, I don't know. He might be unchokable. <laughs> I think some of those guys are out there. It just takes Volkanovski used that exact word after the Ortega fight. Yeah. In this fighter meeting most recently with us, he said, after going through that experience, I kind of feel unchokable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, look, he, he didn't. He wasn't panicking. We saw yeah. that. So God bless him. But yeah, no, Aljo, you can't, you can't give him, you can't give him anything for sure. And lastly, on that fight, Yaya Rodriguez and Josh Emmett, I'll just say, you know, thrill versus agony can flow. Josh Emmett will be 38 on March 4th. And uh, unfortunately for him, when he finally got to that championship setting, there was a Mexican there that is just a real problem. But, um, you know, a great career for Josh Emmett. And I'm not saying that he's walking away. I don't think that uh, it's out of the realm of possibility that he could rebuild. But featherweight's awfully crowded. And, uh, you know, he had a near perfect career in a lot of respects in getting this point in time, like got knocked out by Jeremy Stevens, some circumstances there uh, a split decision loss i believe at lightweight or maybe even at featherweight but i don't know any thoughts on uh on josh emmett just uh not getting untracked and having this championship fight kind of end before it began if you're a fighter and you've been following josh emmett's career you can only respect someone like josh emmett he's a guy i've never heard him say a bad thing about anybody um, he was never out there to be famous. He was never out there kind of like trying to show off or anything. He was there to compete. He was an excellent competitor. Um, I, I feel like I'm, uh, he's retired talking about it, but he's, but it, d- dude, I've always been impressed with Josh Emmett did crazy power. He's always been that guy that's been overlooked and underestimated and he has surprised more often than not. So uh, I, I think uh, he was a phenomenal fighter or a, a phenomenal fighter to watch. And um, yeah, man, I still he's going to give a lot of people trouble. If he stays in that division, he's going to be really tough to beat. Always will be. But I think where he maybe couldn't make that next jump was th- besides his power, there was nothing else that really stood out where he can make the proper adjustments in a fight. You know, like you need two things. You either need to be or both. You need to either be extremely technical or extremely athletic to change the course of a fight, right? To make those adjustments, to be able to come back and do something special. Um, And I think he kind of lacked uh, those things. He's certainly an athletic guy, not that like high, high level of athleticism. So, um, yeah, I think that's maybe where where maybe he he didn't have that extra oomph. But still, uh, Yair, I don't know. I mean, Yair just had also an incredible performance. So I don't think there's a whole lot of people in the world that would have been ready to beat someone like Yair. Yeah, look, hats off to Josh Emery. He's getting up there in age. We know even the lighter weight classes, that's not easy to do. Where where he's at, so hats off to him. But I think for this fight, Yair had the perfect dance partner. You know, he had the good you know, power in his right hand. You know, when you have movement, you can kick like that. It's pretty easy. You could see how, you know, it's just the interruptions are getting in. He's not just standing there having a boxing match with the guy, which yeah. would have been to, you know, Emmett's favor, of course. But, I, you know, I would, I, I, I wish Emmett, I mean, because he, like you guys say, he's an, he seems like a great guy. I can't say I know him, but I, I would have loved to have seen him have that opportunity three or four years ago, you know, when he was, but, he looks like a guy that stays in shape. He's not fucking around, you Hard know. Work. So, I mean, yeah. for a guy that age, I think he was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but just too, too much. That kid yeah. had the, that guy Insane. just, he had, he had a, just a performance of the night. He really did. And again, it's part, partly because he had to worry about one thing and, you know, Emmett had to worry about 45 things. And that's, yep, you're absolutely right. That, and that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Rodriguez actually said in our fighter meeting that the game plan here is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, Ray, I know you're an equal opportunist when it comes to podcasts. I mean, just Google Ray Longo guys on a lot of shows. So I just want to know, uh, <laughs> I mean, do you get like paid per show by extra rounds? Cause we actually have a new contract to offer you, believe it or wow. not. Wow. I get paid by the quarter, if that helps you. They pay you by quarter? Yeah. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, Kenny, come on. Can't, wait. Wait, you know, I love you guys. Come on. What did I tell you? It's a and first. That we laid the foundation that, for. That, that, that F doesn't stand for floor. It stands for first. 
<laughs> we, hey, right. uh, we we laid Anik the foundation. First. That's what it means to me. Anik first. That's all I could say. Well, Anik first. if we could mean? go back, we'd probably have it be Florian and Anik and call it FMA, <laughs> but I digress. But no. Yeah, no, we laid the foundation for your whole broadcasting career. Did we not? Mm. Did we not? 100%. All right. So to the minute men and women out there, right? Yeah, Covering you your children's ears right now. We laid the whole fucking foundation. Along with broadcasting career and several others. Hey, Yanni guys. the Greek, where you at, my man? No, I'm just kidding. That's, that guy's a stud. That guy would have succeeded without us. Hey, hey, have a great day and a better evening, okay? Hey, guys, I'm glad you're back safe and hope uh, hope there's as little jet lag as possible. This Saturday night, Nazim Sadikov, I'll be leaving for Vegas Thursday. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, but it's going to be a great fight. He had a great camp. Looking forward to be back in Vegas. It's all good. It's all good out here. We it's all gravy, busy, man. Got busy I'll go train. We got a busy schedule coming up. Harry Connick loves the lasagna, buddy. Uh, Have a great balance. Harry <laughs> friggin' lasagna. Is that what the direct quote was? Friggin'. Can you just give it to us full throttle once before you leave? Harry Connick likes the friggin' lasagna. <laughs> yeah. There he is. The Ray Longo met it every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. All right. So, Kenny, I asked Ray Longo about his pay-per-view setup, right? He didn't answer the question as to whether or not he mutes the commentators. You know, hopefully you're not like Dominic Cruz and watching in Spanish, right, <laughs> to just jab at us. You know, I went to Cruz's house while he was training for Cheeto Vera to watch a fight card with him. And the dude's watching the broadcast in Spanish, you know? Unbelievable. He understands like 25% of it. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I didn't know he spoke Spanish. Yeah. Tell us about your UFC 284 viewing experience. Are you actually lucky enough to be watching this by yourself, or do you have people around? Do you watch it with your wife? Tell us about your pay-per-view night. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I watch it. My wife kind of came in for the last couple fights, you know, uh, but um, – I was kind of watching it by myself. I was, it was tough, dude. I was on like three, four hours of sleep and I stayed up to the very end. I was, uh, I was proud of my old Good. ass for doing that. So yeah. was your wife there for the Jack Della Madalena fight? By she chance? was not. Right. She was not. So she, she missed, missed it. Shout out. All right. Yeah. You like that? Shout out Kempo. Dude, Kobe that was awesome. Me I need to shout Thank out Kempo. Actually, she was. I'm no. sorry. She was. was she? she was. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. She see was. That, Clark? No, you see what I'm doing there? You know? You're the man, dude. Not shouting out the podcast. Had to shout out my guy, Kempo. <laughs> you know, Michael Bisping sort of intimated that Jack Della Maddalena was the best boxer in the UFC. And you seem to see, you just, just light up when you talk about this guy like few other fighters. I don't know if that means you want to go to Perth, Western Australia to say hello. It's pretty far. Um, yeah. But what do you have to ha what do you have for us on Jack Della Maddalena? He sort of intimated that he was hunkering down for 15 hard minutes with Randy Brown and uh, needed two minutes and 13 seconds. Oh, he should have. He's a professional. That's why he did. Uh, Randy Brown is really tough. That was a that was wasn't an easy one for me to pick. However, it is that boxing and ability to get on the inside and land hard shots that ultimately had me pick uh, Jack Della Maddalena. I think he is so clean with this boxing. I think there's, you know, it's one thing. Everyone always looks and, oh, my gosh, he's so fast. He's so powerful. But seeing slick head movement, seeing you know the ability to create angles and be sophisticated with what you do, that is rare. Um, you know, I, I, Conor McGregor had that. He was way ahead of a lot of people when it came to that, when he came into the UFC. A lot of people have caught up now. But Jack Della Maddalena also kind of has that other level of boxing and ability to a problem solve in real time uh, because of that experience with his hands and his, and his ability to move his feet, man, the dude is, he is so good. Randy Brown is tough, man. That is a tough matchup. Stylistically, that is a tough matchup because of the, the, the length and size of Randy Brown. Um, and man, he just finds a way just a cool customer, man. That's all I could say. Every time I see him fight, dude, He's just like, this is just like another training session for him, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So I've often said, you know, there may be mixed martial arts minds as sharp analytically as Ken Flo's, but I don't think there are minds that are sharper. And someone that I would put on your level is probably Dominic Cruz. And he's able to extract certain things in these fighter meetings that maybe other guys aren't. And mm. he was talking about Jack Della Maddalena, who's a righty, but he fights southpaw and he switches stances, right? Yeah. And he basically got Jack to sort of say that it was surfing with his right foot forward that helped him develop that style. And then Dom wow. went on to say, are you more offensive or defense in certain stances? Right. And 
you know, because Dom was basically intimating, like, when you're orthodox, bro, you're definitely not defensive, you know, right? Yeah. And Jack's like, let me think about it. He's like, yeah, I'm offensive in that. Like, not that much more, you know? Um, right. But it was just really totally. interesting to hear him talk about that. And obviously, he is a very sophisticated switch dance fighter and caught Randy Brown behind the ear. And then, you know, obviously, he has a hurt opponent. But, you know, some of these guys really know how to put people away with a choke and other people do not. You know, I don't have good submissions. You know, Jack Della Maddalena obviously has submissions. So, um so uh, probably going to get a top 15 name. And I think bigger picture, I mean, Perth is really far away, but this, well, this guy can main event the UFC fight night in Sydney in Brisbane and Melbourne in Perth. I mean, I said budding superstar on the broadcast and I don't think it's overstating it. He called for Vicente Luque. Seems like Jack Della Maddalena. He's ready for the video game. He's ready for the top 15 and everything else. Great call out. Great fight. I think that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. This, this you know, Australia has a star uh, at Jack Della Maddalena. No question about it. Um, and, you know, I'd like to get back to Randy Brown because I think Randy Brown was losing focus. I get what he was trying to do, uh, but he was getting a little too cute against a guy that is just way too dangerous. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he lost focus and allowed, you know, Jack to really take over. But, um, yeah, I love that. You know, put definitely put him on a, on a big fight night main event in Australia to build that dude up because that is someone I would start to kind of move my forces around if I'm the UFC because yeah. – He's something special, man. The, the way that he fights, the skills that he has, let's go. All right, we'll have a second episode coming up in about 48 hours. We'll get into Jimmy Cruton, Alonzo Menafield, Justin Badman, Taffa, and Modesta Bukowskis. Everything else, UFC 284 related. We will also get predictions from Ken Flo and Big Gun Brian Petrie on UFC Fight Night. Andrade versus Blanchfield coming up in a couple days from the UFC Apex. Also want to point out, as far as your navigation of the Anakin Florian podcast, if you're on the audio side, God love you, nothing changes. But as far as the video is concerned, I am being told that if you subscribe to the DraftKings YouTube channel, and perpetually are liking our videos and our content, not even that you have to comment necessarily, but if you are liking our videos, those are going to be the ones that populate. So we thank you in advance. We are going to try to make this process a little bit easier, but we thank you for finding the show, for telling your friends and your husbands, because we know uh, most of you out there are women. For those men, the few of you out there that do listen, uh, please tell your wives, uh, and we thank you for it. KennyFlorianMartialArts.com if you're super into this stuff. Not a website that I frequent regularly necessarily, but KennyFlorianMartialArts.com. Um, also want to alert you to our One More Sleep Perth Western Australia design. I'm going to hold it up right now. I think it came out pretty well. Um, that's awesome so, isn't that pretty sweet Ken? Folk? hell yeah so that's uh th- that's our perth western australia design you can get that at millions.co just search john anik we have all of our city themed designs up there and um cody marrow helped us with our inspiration for the design for ufc 285 which will be out in the next few weeks millions.co for that stuff anikfloreanpodcast.com if you want the shirt that ken flo is wearing and any merchandise on that side thank you all for supporting the show to the aussies and the kiwis and everybody's on the ground in perth can't thank you guys enough for all the support all the love and uh we look forward to talking to you guys in about 48 hours we'll continue the conversation there until then for ken flo for cody for longo i'm john we'll see you guys in a few days until then uh you'll live Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.